It's good to be in the presence of God. Amen. Amen. I'm so excited for tonight. I know that we have uh, some live people here in the studio here, but going out across Facebook, and we're so thankful that if you're tuning in and you're joining in today, we're so glad to have you. Um, I'm so thankful to have Pastor Dan Arona here tonight, and we're going to have him come up and just share um, some opening words with us. Amen. Well, greetings, everybody, and greetings to our live stream audience this evening. I want to share a word that uh, the Lord uh, put in my heart. Actually, the Lord has been speaking, me, uh, speaking to me quite a bit about this, and I'm just going to share uh, just a small uh, glimpse, a small portion uh, in it. I believe it's something that pertains to everybody that's here this evening, so... If you like, take this scripture, and it's a, I believe it's this is a word for you this uh, this evening, and um, for for all that find themselves in what we know to be the remnant uh, the remnant church. The remnant church is the church within the church that is really, really pursuing the the uh, face and the will of the Lord in these uh, days in which we live. Actually, it's something that belongs to all believers. But um, it's very easy for the church, the saints, to take uh, so many things for granted. And I believe that this is one area because the Lord has promised that he would always be with us and that he would never forsake us. But when things don't turn out as we believe that they should at, every, at any turning point, uh, there is misunderstanding concerning the ways and, and the... Uh, the uh, the plans of, of God for uh, his people. Let me share this particular verse, if I may. This is taken from Genesis chapter 18 and one verse. Verse 9, and this is the Lord Jesus as he appeared to Abraham, as he did on occasion. And he, and he said to him, that is Abraham, where is Sarah, your wife? And Abraham said, she is in the tent. Verse 10, and the Lord said, I will surely return to you in the spring or at the appointed time. And your wife shall have a son. Now, this is very important and it, and it ought to minister to your heart because every single one of us are looking for uh, an appointment, natural appointments, particularly if you're a person of vision, particularly if you have things in the making that pertain to the near future, relevant, it, things that pertaining to direction and guidance that you haven't really fully received uh, a clear perspective of what you know that is in the making. Now, this is a promise that the Lord, the Lord will not is not only with you, but He will appear to you at an appointed time to give specifics in the course of life and the direction of life. But but I am sure that it is very important that the Lord requires our cooperation that we find ourselves in the vein of God's perfect will. Now, this is for everybody here this evening, but, but I want to share this and I want to make it understood this evening that the Lord has this man in mind to this evening because only God knows the things that are in his heart in store for the near future. And the Lord is saying that he is going to appear to you. He may not necessarily be in an open vision, but he's going to meet with you by his spirit and he's going to give you some particulars concerning your future footsteps. If that's you this afternoon, this pertains to you also. It certainly does to me because not everything in my life naturally and spiritually has been revealed to me, but the Lord has, has promised me as he has with you that at the appointed season, he is going to return to you. His timings are perfect. His timings are perfect. And uh, we can trust and we can rely on him that um, 
if we're seeking, we're seeking his, his will, that uh, we're at the pro type, proper time and place. It's just a matter of waiting upon him. He knows the season. He knows that the timings when he is going to uh, communicate and perhaps even open up a new avenue and a new door of life in ministry. Now, I want to pray this, after, this evening for this service today. And we again, we just want to welcome our viewing audience this evening. And uh, we're so glad that you could be with us. Um, but let's look to the Lord this uh, evening. And Lord, we just thank you. We ask for each order of service this evening. And we ask, Lord, that uh, only that which our, our heart's desire has embraced would be, be to bring honor and glory to you as we open up the scriptures, as we open up the word, Amen. as we proclaim the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, your spirit is always present in everything that we say and do. And uh, we want to thank you, Lord, as we begin this service. In Jesus' wonderful name, we pray. Amen and amen, amen. Mr. Minister, Evangelist, Teacher, Robert Cota. Amen. Is this on right now? Testing, yes. God is good. Thank you, Pastor Dan. That was a good word, huh? God has an appointed time for all of us. That's awesome. That God has a time for us. You know that the Bible says that the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Yes. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Our job is just to follow him. Because he has a plan and purpose for all of us. And he wants to use us in these last days. He just doesn't want to live in us. He wants to live through us. Think about that. When you got born again, God, by his spirit, comes and lives inside of you. You have the third person of the Godhead living inside of you. Paul says that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And God wants to lead our lives. And God wants to guide our lives. He has a plan for us. He has a purpose for us. How many want to be used by God? Yes. I just don't want to sit down on the sideline. I don't want to be a spectator. God did not call me just to sit down. He wants to use my life. Yes. There's people out there today that need God. We have the answer for the world. We have the answer for our family. We have the answer for the drug addict. We have the answer for the prostitute. His name is Jesus. We're not offering a religion to you. We're not offering tradition. We're offering a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's more than going to church today. You know what Jesus said? This is eternal life that you might know me. God wants you to know him today. Not know about him, but know him. This is What did Paul say? That I might know him. It's about knowing Jesus. Once you know him, he'll talk to you, he'll lead you, he'll guide you. He'll take you to where he needs to take you to. But it's about spending time with him. Spending time in his presence. Being in that secret place where you're communicating to him and he's communicating to you. Where you can hear his voice, where he can lead and guide your life. That's awesome. See what you started, Pastor Dan? I love it because I want to be led by the Spirit of God. I want to flow with God. You know, that's what makes it different in our churches. You know, I was talking to somebody and I was sharing with them today. And you know what the person, and I told the person, he says, uh, I said, you know what makes the difference in the churches? The Bible said when two or more are gathered in his name, he's in our midst. There was a story of a girl crying in front of a church and the Lord showed up. Why are you crying? 
She said, they don't let me in. The Lord said, they don't let me in either. How many churches today that we're going to have tomorrow that are not letting God move? See, God wants to be the center of it. He wants us to flow with him. It's about him, not about us. I'm not trying to build a name. We want to uplift the name. I can't do nothing for you, but he can. I don't have the power to save you. I don't have the power to heal you. I don't have the power to deliver you. I don't have the power to fill you with the Holy Spirit, but he does. He does. And that's what I love. Amen? That wasn't my message, but that's okay. It's not about our message anyway. But we're going to start here. Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to start at verses 1 to 6. The first two are the, Paul is the greetings to the church. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. It's by the will of God that God called you to be what you're supposed to be. To the saints who are Ephesus and faithful in Christ, Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. To the saints who are in Christ. See, Paul's not only writing to the saints there, he's writing to the saints that are in Christ today. When you got born again, God made you a saint. This book is for us. A saint is somebody that's separated for the master's use. You've been separated for the master's use. Oh, man. Think about that. Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, called me and you and wants to use our life. I love that. God did. This was not your idea, guys. This was not my idea. You're not standing here because of your goodness. You're standing here because of his goodness. The Bible says it's the goodness and kindness of God that called us to repentance. And look at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Huh? In the heavenly realms. But they're not for everybody. They're for the believer. You've got to be in Christ. And God is giving me and you everything we need to accomplish his purpose. God has given us everything we need to fulfill his purpose for our lives. You know, a lot of times we make salvation about us when the truth is it's about him. We need to lay down our lives to serve him. Look at verse 4. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love. Think about that. He chose us. God chose us before the foundation of the world. Did God see you in Christ before the foundation of the world? God knew one day that we would be in him. He chose you. He chose me. He's the one that chooses. Look at what it says in John 15, 15. Now, verse 16, you did not choose me, 
but I chose you. And I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit shall remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. There is so much there, but I just want to know that he chose you first. You didn't choose him this morning. That's awesome, man. What a privilege that God has chosen me and you before the foundation of the world. He could have chose anyone and said, but I want to use you, Tony. I want to use you, Wes. I want to use you, Pastor Dan. He chose us. God chose us. But look at what he chose us to be. Holy and without blame before him in love. Think of what he did for me and you. He took guilty sinners like me and you and justified us, declared me and you not guilty, and he imputes his righteousness on you so you are right standing because of that perfect righteousness you stand holy and blameless before God. Because of his perfect righteousness. He justified you. God sees you like you never sinned. He sees you right standing. Our position before God is we're right standing with him. Because of what he did for me and you at Calvary. I like what it says in 2 Corinthians 5.21. This is Brother Wes's favorite scripture. He always ministers on it. But this is mine too. Because this is the heart of the gospel. Yeah. This is what you call the great exchange. Yeah. 5.21. Here we go. That's 1 Corinthians. Here we go. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Amen. God, the Father, put our sin on Jesus, the one that never sinned, and made him a sinner even though he never sinned. Treated him like a sinner, even though he never sinned. And he put his righteousness up like we've done everything right. Because of the cross. Because of the finished work of the cross. Because we put faith in him. We're standing right standing before God this morning. You know the Bible says that no one, no one can come to the Father unless they're drawn. Now, even though God draws us and he chooses us, we still have a responsibility to put faith and believe. But it's God that draws us. Not only does he draw us, he keeps us. He doesn't only got saving power, he got keeping power. I've been in this for 25 years. God didn't only save me, he keeps me. God keeps me, and he keeps you. And we are right standing in God today because of what Jesus, because of what Jesus did for me and you. I like what Paul says in Philippians 3, 9. Verse 8, we're going to verse 8. Yet I did count all things lost for the excellence of, of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whom I suffer the loss of all things, and I count him but rubbish that I may gain Christ. And being found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but which is through faith in Christ Jesus, the righteousness which comes through faith. I love what Paul says, Everything I was before Jesus, all the tradition, all the religion, everything I had, I counted a loss. Why? Because all that did was keep me from God. 
That's what religion does. That's what tradition does. It keeps him from him. That we might, our righteousness by faith. There's nothing we can do to earn righteousness. There's not enough law keeping. It's by faith in Christ this morning. So the reason we, that's our position before God, that we stand holy and blameless. Look at what else it says here. Having predestined us. Woo, I'm excited about this. To adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. To the good pleasure of his will. Not your will, his will. We've been adopted into the family of God. He took us from the kingdom of darkness, put us in the kingdom of light. He adopts us. He puts us in the family of God. But the difference between a natural adoption and, and God's adoption is only when the natural adoption, they can only give you resources. A spiritual adoption, he gives us resources and he gives us his nature. Woo, we have the nature of God this morning. We have God's nature. That's why it's so important that we renew our minds to line up with this new nature so we can walk this new man out so we can find out what's pleasing to him. What's pleasing to him. See, when you got born again, you got a new nature. Your mind didn't change. You have his nature. Now what you need is the Holy Spirit to help you with the word of God to change your mind to line up with this new nature. So we can become like him. So we can imitate him. So we can love like him. So we can forgive like him. So we can show mercy and peace to others. It's a process. But we have the nature of God. I'm a son of God this morning. So are you. You've been adopted into the family of God. People say, I'm still a sinner saved by grace. No, I'm not. I'm a saint. I'm a son of God. I'm a new creation this morning. I'm righteous in God's sight. He called me to declare his praises. You know what? God has called us to declare his praises. You know what I told somebody the other day, Pastor Dan? You know what? God calls us to praise him, right? Praising God's not a black thing. Praising God's not a white thing. Praising God's not a Mexican thing. Praising God's not a church thing. Praising God's a Bible thing. And the Bible says, let everyone, glory to God, let everyone who has breath, you have breath, you're qualified to praise Him. We're here for His good pleasure. Look at what it says in Philippians 2.13. I'm almost done, guys. And then we're going to give it to Wes. And he's going to, whoo, glory to Jesus. I'm excited, man. Look at the Philippians. For it is God. For it is God who works in who? You. Remember, it's God working in you for his good pleasure. Not for your pleasure, for his pleasure. It's God working in you. We're here for him this morning. We are here for him. I love what Danny said. I want to be part of that remnant. I want... I don't want to sit down in the sideline. <laughs> if I'm going to sit down in the sideline, I might as well go to heaven. But look at what it says. There's so much here, but you know what? We're going to give my brother an opportunity. I'm just going to share what God's put in my heart. Look at what it says here. Verse, verse up. Okay. 
according, looking for, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. To of the glory of his grace. Because of God's grace this morning, we're accepted. God is giving me and you something we don't deserve. He accepts you this morning. <clears throat> he loves you this morning. You know, I told somebody this the other day, I want to be loved by God. I want to be not, not only loved, I am loved by God. I, I, I want people to love me. But if you don't love me, and if you don't accept me, it's not going to stop me from be, loving you and accepting you. Because it's not based on you loving me. It's based on him loving me. See, when I know he loves me and you don't love me, it's not going to stop me from being who I'm supposed to be. It's not going to stop me from answering the call of God. I'm not going to get discouraged. They don't love me. Because even though they don't, he loves me. And I understand, Pastor Nan, I'm here for a higher picture now. I understand what God is calling me to do. So all this other stuff that we go through, it really doesn't affect me no more. Because I know what I'm here for. I know what I'm here for. You can't, even if you mess with me and you don't like me, it's not going to stop me from being who God called me to be. People will hurt you sometimes. People will disappoint you sometimes. But what did Jesus do? We're supposed to imitate him. Huh? Could you imagine every time Jesus got hurt? I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to serve. I'm not going to go to the cross because people hurt him. He says, forgive, forgive. But he accepts us. But I wanted to read this last part of this footnote. Because believers are accepted in him, then they are like him and are beloved of God. So be encouraged out there. If you're born again, God chose you. You stand righteous before God. He accepts you. You're his son. You're his daughter today. You're a new creation. You're able to call him Abba, Daddy. He loves you. I pray that his word blessed you and encouraged you. Pastor Wes. Well, I'm, I'm so glad. You know, uh, what we're working on doing here at the Bible Training Center is we have a tremendous group of ministers uh, each one called in their function in their office, uh, operating in that office according to Ephesians 4 where God has called them and anointed them and given them a grace to minister within their lives. And so what we want to do here and what we're trying to do is we're trying to build up and help the body of Christ. We want every person, every member, every part to fulfill their position, to stand up in the place where God has called them. And like Brother Coda said, not be on the sideline. You know, when there's a football game, there's a lot of spectators, right? But there's only a few that are participators that are playing that game. We don't want to just be spectators in the kingdom of God. We want to be participators in everything God is doing. And like Pastor Dan said, with that remnant, God is raising up a remnant of the last days. And just like in the early church, God is going to finish this thing. When the early and latter rain, he's pouring out his spirit upon the church. And I think that this is going to be a normal uh, thing that we're going to see, you know, one or two or three ministers you know, it's in the early church, if you go back into the Azusa Street Revival, they had nothing really planned. Although they would play some songs, and you can go back and see those songs. One of them was Under the Blood, and uh, they had a few other songs. But they would just depend on the Spirit of God and the moving of God's Spirit to orchestrate. Catherine Kuhlman said the same thing. So did Amy Simple McPherson when they asked them. They asked Catherine Kuhlman, well, how do you prepare for all these messages and all these services? And her response was, I stay ready. I don't 
get to a place where I have to prepare, I always stay ready. And what a tremendous uh, uh, word that she gave. And Amy Simple McPherson and a lot of these A.A. Allen uh, and a lot of these other evangelists uh, in the early part of the century, they were men and women that were moved by the Spirit of God. And God used them mightily with signs and wonders and manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And in this last days, with all of these things going on, we want, I mean, we have a name called the Bible Training Center, but it could be just called the Word Factory. We want to give you the Word. We want to tell you what Jesus said. That's how Jesus said his ministry was effective. He says, I only say what the Father says, and I only do what the Father does. And that goes right back to what Pastor Dan quoted and Brother Coda quoted uh, 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 out of uh, Romans, the 8th chapter. As many that are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God or the daughters of God. And there is a place that we all can come to if we're born again and we have the Holy Spirit abiding in us, right? There is a baptism in the Holy Ghost. There is a baptism that's a subsequent work to the initial born-again experience. And if you say, Brother Wes, how do you know that? That happened to me. I was in a church service. They said, if you want to be born again and give your life to Jesus, the greatest thing that can happen as you give your life and you become born again, you become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Nothing else on earth compares to that. He immediately translates you from darkness into light into the kingdom of God. And the the Spirit of God comes inside you and He's resident in you according to Ephesians. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise when you believed. And automatically we're sealed. And I was saved and born again. But I had a Pentecostal friend and he said, hey Wes, I want to tell you something. Have you received the baptism since you believed? And I told him, just like, uh, just like uh, there in Acts chapter 19, when, they, when Paul asked uh, the, the brothers uh, coming from the coast there, have you uh, received the baptism since you believed? And they said, we didn't even know there was a baptism. Then Paul asked him and questioned him, then what were you baptized on? Well, we were baptized unto the repentance uh, unto John. And they weren't even aware. And I was born again and saved and wasn't aware that there was a baptism of the Holy Spirit. And my friend started to share some scriptures with me. You know, Acts chapter 1, you know. In Acts chapter 2, how the Spirit of God came upon them when they were all together in one accord in one place in the upper room. And the Spirit of God came upon them and it says that they began and there was a, a great rushing and a mighty wind that blew through that place. And as that wind blew through there, uh, a fire set upon each one of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And I didn't even know there was such a thing. And, it, and, it, and it's shocking to know that the Christian church, right, some people don't even know there's such a thing as the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, there is a work in a baptism in the Holy Spirit according to Acts chapter 1. Jesus said, don't go and do anything until you're uh, endued with power from on high. Why? So you can be a witness. A witness is someone who sees and someone who hears, who testifies to a truth. And this is not a work that as Christians we can do on our own. We need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to help us do this work. Every single member in the body of Christ needs the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to be led by the Spirit to do the works of Jesus. It's not something we can do on our own. We need to wait for the power of God to, to, to fill us. And, and, and then we're led by that spirit, moved by the spirit of God, like some of these old timers in times past. And, you know, God always has a circle going back around. You know, what we've seen is what will come. And it seems like this is coming back around in the, in, in the early church and now the latter church and the remnant that God is raising up. And we don't want to come behind in any giftings and callings that God has put on us waiting for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to, you know, when they say, will there be faith, you know, when he comes, as long as you're there and I'm there and they're there and they're there, he's going to find faith. Come on, come on. He's going to find faith inside of us. 
And so I was uh, not uh, only saved and not born again. I went into my bedroom after hearing those scriptures, and I simply said this in a simple prayer. Now, Lord Jesus, I heard there's a baptism in the Holy Spirit, and I've read in the Bible that it says that the initial, the initial uh, uh, cause or the initial sign would be uh, the manifestation of speaking in an unknown tongue. And I knelt down on my knees and I said, Jesus, would you please fill me with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues? And no longer did I say that. I was by myself in my house. I had shut the door and went in my room and I knelt down on my knees and said, Jesus, would you fill me with the Holy Ghost? And immediately I sensed that I wasn't the only one in the room. I knew that there was someone else in the room. I couldn't physically see the person, but I could feel there was another person besides myself in the room. And immediately I was filled and shut up. I began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave me utterance. And my life took a radical change. I went from just You know, knowing some Christian things, I was born again, but I went from being empowered by God to be a witness. Empowered that the gifts according to 1 Corinthians 12, the Bible says he gives severally as he wills. That those gifts started to operate immediately within my life and maybe within your life. And those gifts started to operate as he willed. And, and I felt empowered to do the will of God. And, I, and then I knew immediately that there was someone greater living in me. I had quoted the scripture, greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. But I didn't really understand it. There was a greater one living in me than myself that had a purpose and, and a will and, and a leading and a guiding to, to, to fulfill the plan and purpose of God. And as every Christian is born again and we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we can come to a place to be led by the Spirit of God where it's not our spirit, but it's the Holy Spirit speaking to our spirit, leading us into all truth and righteousness to fulfill the will of God. And what a tremendous place. The Bible says that we're the sons of God. Now are we the sons of God. Now are we the daughters of God in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is that spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I like to say where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberating power. Liberating power to set the captives free. Liberating power to pick one up that's broken. Liberating power to heal a pain and a hurt that only God can heal. A liberating power to pick someone up from a divorce and a broken marriage. A liberating power that loses a son or daughter that God will be the lifter of their head and he will strengthen you to go on. A liberating power to fulfill the will of God in Christ Jesus. A liberating power to deliver us from strongholds and oppressions that continue to mess with us and on occasion we can't free ourselves but God. Someone say, but God. He can do it. Hallelujah. And we're products of Christians, of a living example, a living witness of what Christ Jesus has done. And as you hear anyone minister, it's a train. We're sitting under, uh, not in a natural service, but in a supernatural service, being orchestrated by the Spirit of God, speaking to our spirits, encouraging us, breathing breath and life into the church to do the work in the will of God within our own lives and our own ministries. That way, wherever we're going, wherever we're at, like the early church, it says that the, they, they preach the word everywhere, God working with them, confirming the word with signs and wonders.
wonders and miracles. Hallelujah. And nothing, nothing has changed. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same one. He's the miracle working one. He's the one that there's more than enough. He's the one that he says, if you have a measure of faith, you could say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and it should obey you. He's the same one that stood on the boat when the disciples said, Jesus, if you don't do something, we're going to sink and perish and rebuke the waves and the sea. And a great calm came and immediately they were at the other side. Hallelujah. He's the same one. He's the author. He's the omega. He's the first. He's the last. And he's called us, the church, to rise and shine. For your light has come and the glory of God is going to fill the earth. Hallelujah. And they're going to see the church and they're going to see us in the marketplace and be like, wow, that's a Christian. Because the light of God, they told Peter, your speech gives you away. <laughs> You're not speaking what we're speaking. You're speaking something different. Come on. Come on. Woo! We want the fire of God to just envelop our lives to do the works of, of Christ. We can't do it on our own, but the Bible says every part supplies. Every member is supplying. And we don't want to come short in anything waiting for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is raising up an army. He is raising up a people. He is raising up the apostles and prophets, a prophetic people, a tremendous company to do the works of God in the last days. They have... We haven't seen nothing yet. We haven't seen anything yet. But we're about to. We're like on the verge. We're like about to see evangelism like we've never seen it before. Revivalism like we've never seen it before. We're about to see the sons and daughters arise like we've never seen it before. And they're going to say, they're going to hear of different places where these fires are starting to ignite. And as the church, we're a part of it. We're part of what God is doing in the earth. Hallelujah. So I'm excited to just be a part. I'm excited to be living in this time, in the last days. I'm excited that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life, that we're, but we're participants in participating with God in the movement of God to do the works of, of Christ in, the, in, the, in this end times. Woo! Woo! <laughs> That's a lot to say. The Bible says we're complete in him, the head of all principality and power. And uh, I'll just say this. Sometimes we, you know, have notes and different things. I'll just say this at the very end of this here, that as believers, we have to understand our part and our position and this is just one small piece. There's many pieces in the kingdom of God. And, uh, but we have to understand our part to enforce the victory as Christian believers. So I, I heard one pastor say this. Why don't we look at it from the victory side? If we looked at everything from victory, it would, it would cause us to be looking a little bit different. Looking from the victory side instead of from this side. This side. You know, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. That's true. But looking from the victory side to what he's already said and promised, to what he's already given us, what he's already done, how he's already equipped us to do the work. I have a few scriptures. Roman 8, 30, uh, 8, 8, 37 says this, knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. We're not coming behind in, in, in nothing. The Bible says we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says this, but thanks be to God that gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. But thanks be to God that gives us this victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the victory as a church, but we, we sing that song, victory in Jesus. We sing that song and we have the victory in Jesus. We have that victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Glory to God. So Galatians 5.16 says this, I say then, walk in the spirit, right? And you shall not fulfill the desires of the flesh. So there's a way as, as a church that we can walk in the spirit. And I, I heard one pastor say, well, if, we, if we're walking in the spirit, why don't we just live in the spirit? So we can walk in the spirit, but we can live in the spirit to fulfill the works of Jesus. Now, we want to encourage you and encourage ourselves here that we, we want to, uh, you know, uh, if there's anything that's hindering us from, 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 from our position, our place in Christ Jesus, and I, and, and I do understand this as a minister of the gospel and in my own life, there are hindrances. There are things that come to stop us from our position and place in Christ Jesus. And so I'm speaking to the church here and the church at large uh, that uh, it's, it, it, it's a matter uh, and a resolve of us just standing up. Me and Brother Coda talked about this before. It's, uh, uh, we, and he, he kind of put the, the name on it, the bully in the playground. And basically what we said is that you would come to school as a small kid and you'd have your lunch money and there would be someone who was a bully and they would come and tell you, give me your lunch money. And no kid wants to have their uh, life interfered with someone else that's uh, using tactics to take what belongs to me. That's my money. That's what I got from my mom and dad to buy my lunch to sustain me. But that bully comes and uses tactics to take what's mine. And then the next day comes, and because he got away with it, and I didn't call him on my place and my position and say, hey, wait a minute, that's not your money, kind of like Adam and Eve in the garden. Wait a minute, uh, 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 that's not your money. This is my money. My father and my mother provided me with this to buy what I needed. It doesn't belong to you. And that's a good place where that, that child could, could take that position to withstand that bully. But once the bully comes in and he found that he can take, oh, this is good. When he find that he could take that ground within our lives, whatever ground that is, that we gave up. See, whatever ground we gave up, he'll come back the next day right in that ground, and he's not happy. The enemy, Satan, every demonic ruler, every principality is not happy with what they just got. They want to take more than what they have. And if, they, and if we've given ground in areas of our life, ooh, this is good. If we've given any ground in areas in our ministry, if we've given any ground in areas with the congregation, if we've given any ground in our prayer life, if we've given any ground in praying in the Holy Ghost, the Bible says in Jude, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. If we've given any ground, he's going to come back again and require more ground. And he'll continue to take ground and take ground until we're not effective in the place that God has effectually put us to move and work in with the Spirit of God. Until we basically come to a place and say, and we call him on it right there, you're not taking anything else. God has anointed me. God has called me. God has saved me. God has shed his blood. God has changed his position with me. I'm the righteousness of God. He's, uh, this is who I am. And I'm not going to allow you to take steps in this direction anymore. As a matter of fact, I'm withstanding you in the name of Jesus and by the word of God and by the power of the Holy Ghost and by the power of the blood that you're not taking any more ground, that you're not going to take what God has given to me, what, what, what belongs to me, what belongs to my family, what belongs to my wife, what belongs to my children, what belongs to my ministry, what belongs to my congregation, what belongs to us, you're not taking it anymore. And when we take that stand, right, and we mean it, he will back up. And when he backs up, you're going to see that there's a liberty, that there's a strength and an empowering to do what God has called each one of us to do. Hallelujah. 
And I couldn't know all that if that didn't happen to me. Of course it's happened to me. Of course he comes in and sees what he can take from me. Of course he sees what ground that he can step on and say, hey, this is just a little ground. Give me this. And if we give in to that little ground, it becomes more. But we don't have to get in. If God has called us and anointed us to do the works of Christ, then we just need to be fully positioned and operational in our place, in our position, in our function to do that work. Amen. Sandy, prophesy. Sandy, prophesy. Lay hands on the sick. Pastor Larry, prophesy, lay hands on the sick, declare the word of God in every area. You do, I know that. But, but there's no ground that, that, we, that, that we let him come in and think that he has uh, any place because Jesus was tempted in the wilderness and the, the Bible says when the devil came, Jesus said he has no place in me. There was nothing found that he could expose within my life and my ministry. And I'm speaking to myself. I mean, there's areas sometimes that we don't see. There's little areas and blind spots that we're not fully operating in. But God has called us to do the work. And as we step out in faith, God will confirm the word with signs and wonders and miracles following. It doesn't matter what the people say, Coda, just like you said. It matters what God... It matters what God says. It matters who's called us and ordained us and put us into the position that we are. It was the Lord Jesus. And he's the one working with us, confirming the word with the signs and wonders and miracles following. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you today, just like all the ministers, we want this to be a, a place where people can be refreshed, that they can tune in and be refired, that God will challenge our lives to do everything that he's called us to do. We don't want to come behind. And we're standing here saying we want to fulfill the will of God that's in Christ Jesus at all cost. And that's going to bring in opposition. But in that opposition, the Bible says we're more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. Hallelujah. Well, we thank you for joining in tonight. We appreciate uh, uh, just everybody being here. Thank you for supporting it. And we're going to do this once a month for the next few months. And starting in the new year, we're probably going to go to every other week. And we appreciate you tuning in. And uh, God bless you. Until we see you next time, just let your lives shine for Jesus. Amen. Amen.